Well, the season is over for the Florida Panthers, and the Panthers are going home earlier than we had anticipated. On this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, I bring in David Lasseter of PantherParkway.com to discuss this 2 to nothing loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Panthers getting swept, and more importantly, where do the Florida Panthers go from here? We'll be discussing this and more all on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to this Tuesday, May 24th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're to our team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first lesson of the day. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first lesson of the day. Don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. They'll be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Well, Cats fans, unfortunately, the season is over. The team that got the most points in the NHL won the President's Trophy, one of the highest scoring teams in the last 20 some odd years is going home. The Panthers offense was non-existent through most of the playoffs, even struggled in round one right before. There there was some confidence with the Panthers that even when they, though they struggled against the Washington Capitals, most of us said it, that this isn't the kind of play that the Panthers couldn't afford to have going into round two against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And on paper, they were a more talented team than last year. And for the Lightning, losing a third line, the the Florida Panthers thought that they had a chance with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Many people, including myself, wanted the Tampa Bay Lightning so that the Florida Panthers could have their revenge from last year. And as you can see, if you're watching this on the YouTube page i am uh clean shaven as, as you can see uh did it immediately after the 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 final horn went off and uh yeah um but this one doesn't hurt as much as game two this was a series that was lost in game two i didn't say it at the time i didn't say that the series was over at the time but it really did feel that way then and it proved to be right. It, at least I felt that day that way internally. But let me bring in my guest on the show of on this live edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Is actually his first appearance on the show is David Lasseter of PantherParkway.com. Dave, how how are you doing tonight? Um, I was good till about. 45 minutes ago, half hour ago, whatever it was. Um, you know, as far as tonight goes, you couldn't have asked for much more except for the puck just to go in maybe once or twice. Uh, they gave everything they had. They played like 
they kind of did in the regular season. It just it just wasn't enough tonight. The only question I have is where was this game one, game two, game three? Why does it? Why do you? It's like you know when you know, the Panthers dug yourself a five-one hole against Toronto and came back and won. Why do you have to dig that hole to wake up? Why did it take being down 3-0 to wake up and play like you could play? May not have changed anything. This is you know they're they're playing the defending cup, Stanley Cup champions. Uh, the best goaltender in the league uh, is in their net, and I could live with the fact if they played the the other three games like they did tonight. But what's mystifying is they came out, they were timid. Uh, nothing from Barkov and Huberto, and I love those guys, but they gave nothing in the series, or they produced nothing. Tonight they gave a little bit, um, but just nothing. And I don't know where you go from here. It's it's In some ways it's been a great season, but it's still a disappointment because my feeling was once they got past Washington, okay, train's, train's going to roll downhill. Okay, here we go. And it just, it, no, it stopped. Yeah, and... You know, many of us thought we're a little nervous going into this series because of how they played versus Washington. But then another part of us thought, hey, they got that first round win out of the way. That Panthers team that we saw in round one, that's not the Panthers team they know. So reset for a new series up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, your cross-state rivals, only for it to continue. And I... I know, I know. You said the first three games uh, for the Panthers that they it didn't look like their best effort, but I thought game two for the first fifty nine uh, minutes and thirty some odd seconds that the Panthers uh, really played good enough to win. Of course, we talk about that defensive breakdown, and I said it at the top of this, uh, Dave. But this this series was lost in game two. After that, that was as heartbreaking as can be for for the Panthers losing both of them at home. It was just, it was always going to be a, an uphill climb for this Panthers team. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned game two, and it was heartbreaking, but you can deal with that two different ways. You could out, come out like they did uh, yesterday in game three, which is not very good. They had an extra day to chew on it. They should have come out there. They should have come out yesterday firing. How are you not angry? You're like, we were there. I, you know, speaking as, you know, just, just the way I am after something like that. No, let's go again. Like, I don't know if you ever had an older brother uh, and you lose to him in something and you say, no, we're playing again right you, right now. And it wasn't there. They just came out and there's kind of all shucks and they lost. And then they lost tonight and a, a wonderful season, regular season is over. Mm. Yeah. Um, of course, it doesn't it doesn't change the fact that this was a, like you said, a great regular season for the Panthers. But, you know, expectations happen for for this for this team uh, and expectations change throughout the season. I was expecting the Panthers to be the division champions and getting a playoff round. But then we saw how they started seven and zero. Even after the coaching change, they 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 were starting to win some more. They struggled a little bit on the road in the season. Uh, they but then they got their road game going. Their power play got better when Aaron Ekblad got hurt, 
and then the expectations started to tr to to even accelerate even more. Claude Drew comes into the mix. Ben Chirac comes into the mix, and then we say Stanley Cup or bust. Stanley Cup or bust. Stanley Cup or bust. And that's really kind of what it feels like for 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 me thinking thinking that this was a team that could very well go all the way and it stopped short than where we wanted it to be and i know that this could have been a stanley cup final or even an eastern conference final type of matchup with how good these teams are i know they got swept and i know i know i know it's i know i know people might disagree with that seeing that this team got swept but when you put the talent on paper this this talent wise is something that could be later the later on in the round and rounds as well mm -hmm. and but the fact is they fell short they only won four games out of a possible 16 and yeah. that's just not good enough no, no, and you know, and of course, leave it to the Panthers. Like they finally get good when the East is really, really good. Uh, you know, the, the you know the Lightning, two-time defending Stanley Cup champion. Uh, Toronto was really good. Uh, Carolina's still going; they're really good. Uh, Washington and Boston were no pushovers. The Rangers, you know, all the you know, you look over in the other conference, and it's kind of okay. Colorado, you know, now it's looking like maybe Edmonton. But here there was you know, four or five teams that were really, really good, and any one of them could have had a, a great chance to come out of the East and, and play for a Stanley Cup. It was just really, you know, I think like you said, we're you know we're all in on this. You know, you, you they gave up some first round picks. It's going to be a few years unless some moves are made before they make a first round pick. This was all in, and you know you you know you played uh, ten playoff games. You won four. You're going home. And like uh, Carolina's uh, comment that we just posted, um, it stings. This one definitely stings for the Panthers. And they they got a lot to think about uh, this summer. And we're going to talk about that more in the next segment here on Locked on Panthers. So stick around here. If, so we're going to first tell you all about Built Bar. And Built Bar now has brownie batter puffs. And I love brownies. But you know what I love more? brownie batter sometimes i eat half the batter just while i'm making the brownies imagine if you could lick that brownie spatula clean and get some protein in you're in luck because built bar has a new creation that this one is better than ever the brownie batter puff you heard me right the puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now at build.com have you tried the puffs yet i'm not sure what you're waiting for puffs are a chocolate covered marshmallow protein bar that's right deliciously flavored marshmallow covered in 100 real chocolate Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Second segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got David Lasseter from PantherParkway.com here on the show uh, to discuss this 2 to nothing loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers getting swept in round two of this 2020 the 2022 stanley cup playoffs and dave uh three people spoke to the media uh today after the game uh alexander barkoff aaron Eckblad, and andrew brunette and the the one 
the one question or that stuck out to me was when Aaron Ekblad was asked that what did they learn from this series? And Aaron Ekblad was just shuffling his words, not knowing what to say. And of course, you're in the heat of the moment. Your adrenaline's still going from losing. But having to hear that question and having to like really be placed on the spot on after getting swept to the opposition, which is your division rival, state rival, and two-time back-to-back Stanley Cup champion, that must be that must be so tough to to face a question like that. And of course, there were rumors right before Game Four even happened that the Florida Panthers were supposedly out late uh, until three a.m. at a strip club. Uh, that was a report by a Tampa-based radio show. But the effort today that they put on the ice did not show me that they were out late. And regardless of whether that report is true or not. They lost, but I saw a really good effort tonight for this team. Yeah, that's uh, that's why I really don't buy that story. Uh, some what morning zoo in in Tampa and terrestrial radio, which is has to be a pretty sad gig these days, uh, considering most cars have satellite radio. But uh, no, and that's what you know when they, they came out and they 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 played with the fire that we all wish they had the whole series and that they've showed in the regular season. And, you know, you know, again, if that, that story has any validity, I doubt it, but they, they certainly came out, whatever it did, it worked uh, because they, they played really well. They ran into a brick wall uh, that had 88 on his back and, you know, what, they, what, 49 shots on goal, 47 shots on goal, 49. For Forty-nine. You, you 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 can't do much more than that, you know. And sometimes you need a little bit of luck. Um, you even look at you know the the, the luck Tampa got that empty net or Palats just happened to coming be coming out of the penalty box as that skating you know was the pucks floating down to him, and uh, it was the hockey equivalent of a dunk. And they didn't have that luck, you know. That bounce didn't fall right to Hornquist stick or. Uh, or anything you know like that, and you know, all those scrambles around the net just didn't seem to go their way. And sometimes you make your own luck. Sometimes you just get unlucky. You, you know, you, you can go to the right spot with every good intention. Uh, puck doesn't come to you. It doesn't come to you. Um, those are the kind of things that are that are frustrating. They really didn't get any breaks. They didn't create a whole lot of breaks for themselves. There wasn't a whole lot of driving the net. Uh, Tampa did a, such a great job of clogging the shooting lanes and the passing lanes and uh, sort of taking away what the Panthers did a lot in the regular season, but they never adjusted. You know, how many times in the power play did we see a cross-ice pass? And sure enough, there's a Tampa stick knocking it away, either clearing the zone or stopping any kind of danger. You know, as far as what Aaron Eckblad maybe should have learned from this, they have to learn that it's, you know, you don't have to abandon everything well that you do. Uh, but you do have to make some adjustments, and sometimes you got to go get your nose dirty uh, instead of just kind of passing around the perimeter on the power play. You, you, if the puck's on your blade, you've, you've, and you've got a little bit of ice in front of you, drive the net. Uh, you know, worst thing you can do, you can create a, a, a rebound chance. Big deal. Um, you know, it's it's worth the effort. And but those are the kinds of things Aaron Eckblad should you know, should learn. Hey, this is a different game. 
we're not going to get by just on skill. We need to do everything well. Uh, and Tampa, to their credit, did everything well. Mm-hmm. And Andrew Burnett um, was asked also about what he could learn as well and what what kind of adjustments he thought he could have made. He's, he spoke about the power play because he was, even before Coach Ken, Quenville resigned, he was the guy in charge of the power play. And of course, it might be a little tougher for someone like Andrew Burnett, who was just promoted, who not just promoted, but promoted from the power play specialist to wearing the the hat and being the CEO of this team and then trying to do both as well as manage egos. But of course, he's not going to make that excuse for how the how the power play looked. But I'm just thinking maybe that's why the, the power play struggled for the Panthers. But at the same time, when when they started going with that five forward unit for the, for the Panthers in late March, they finished the, the, the season inside of the top five on the power play. And even on a, in a game like today that the, the Tampa Bay lightning had had four power play opportunities, even though the Panthers did not allow a power play goal in games three and four in game four, the power the Florida Panthers had more shorthanded opportunities in the first two periods than the Lightning. And still that was more I felt like those were more opportunities that the Florida Panthers had shorthanded than on the power play at times. And just it, it all comes down to Vasilevsky, right? So they they have they have a Vasilevsky, the Florida Panthers don't, as great as Sergei Bobrovsky was. And he was. He definitely was. And Speaking of Bobrovsky, I got to give a lot of props to him. He is, he was the MVP of this series for the Panthers. I know they didn't win a single game, but he kept the Panthers in it. That goal by Pat Maroon was just a, a goal is like, what, what can you do? It's a, it's a, it's a shot from the point from Bogosian, just trying to throw something at the net. Uh, Pat Maroon is just right there just to like tip it in and it's, Bob is unable to locate where the puck is and then it ends up going into their net. And when that goal, when that goal went in, it was just, I was just thinking, man, the Florida Panthers had so many chances. And then the, the Tampa Bay lightning convert on their limited chances. And let's not forget the lightning had two goals called back due to reviews of missed stoppages. One of them hitting the net and one of them, Anthony Sorelli touching with his glove. And at that point I was thinking, Man, Andrew Burnett's doing great with 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 these challenges. They they gotta they gotta get something. They gotta take it take it take this game by the throat and just find a way. But again, Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky, Vasilevsky. That and we could. I know I know he has two cups and he's still young, but I think I think he's really on pace to be in the same atmosphere as like maybe a Patrick Waugh. Or Dominic Hashik, maybe uh, he he's definitely up there for for he or he's going to be one day, and it kind of stinks that it's in the same division. But man, <laughs> as as long as he's there and they have that core, it's this is going to be a hard team to beat for a long time. But there's some optimism. I believe the Florida Panthers window is it just opened a little bit. They got their playoff series out of the way. 
And it's hard. I get it. It's hard on a night like tonight when you get swept by your cross-state division rival. But I still firmly believe that this window for the Florida Panthers, I think it's still open going into next year and even the year after. Agree. Agree. Um, you know, and all the you know, I think Huberto is up at the end of next season. It's a question whether or not they can get him resigned, but um, you know, sure, sure would be great if we could somehow convince Claude Giroud to stick around for uh, for a team friendly deal. I don't know if that you know exactly what he's looking for, uh, but there's a lot of talent here. There's a lot of talent. Granted, they're not going to be able to add through the draft for the next uh, you know the next couple of years, or at least not at the top of the draft. Um, maybe could use some more work on defense, uh, bringing some different bodies. Um, but as far, I mean, as far as a forward group, you come back with pretty much the same group minus Giroux, and that's pretty good. That's a pretty good place to start. There's a lot of teams uh, who would love to have that group of forwards. Uh, it's just a question of maybe you know you got to figure out a little bit on defense. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky was fantastic this series, like you said, and he was he was good pretty much the whole year. Not necessarily ten million dollars a year good. Uh, because the guy at the other end of the ice probably deserves ten million dollars a year, uh, but he, you know, but it was a far better this year than than last year. I think you know you can win with with Bobrovsky. Um, you know, the question is, can you fix the defense a little bit? And who's going to be behind the bench? Is it going to be Andrew Burnett? Is he going to get that interim tag removed? Uh, or there's a guy with a Stanley Cup who currently does not have a job. Um, sort of looks like a James Bond villain, as it's been said. Uh, could they add him? Could he be the difference? Um, and it's no shade to Burnett. He came in in an extremely difficult situation. And like you said, you know, over the course of the year, you know, oh, they're, they're bad on the road. Well, they, they figured it out. And he's going to get some credit for that. Not just the players, but he's got to, you know, he needs some credit for that. Um, I just don't know if you have a guy in his first full year, you know, if, if he's retained and he goes next year. I don't know if that's who you can, you know, who you leave there if you can go out and possibly get Barry Trotz. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning in the mid-2000s was that they were that high-scoring team, and then they changed kind of their game to be more defensive-oriented team, which led them to Cups. The year they won the president, the year they won the president's trophy in 2019, they they got they got swept by Sergey Bobrovsky and the Blue Jackets, and we can talk about all we want about whether the President's Trophy is a curse or not. But they didn't What what matters is that they didn't perform. President's Trophy or not, I'm not going to blame a President's Trophy for uh, the the Panthers losing a series about the and I get their their superstitions. I get that. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that far in saying I don't want the president's trophy next year or not. If they're in the running, okay, and they win it again, okay, cool. And then and then you go to the playoffs and then you try to go on a redemption tour again. And if they fall short of it again, uh not again, but if they fall short next season, then it's off and running for the playoffs. Go go after that redemption tour to to after after what happened this year. But we're going to transition over to the next segment where we're going to talk more about the offseason for the Panthers as Dave 
uh, spoke about, and we're going to discuss that more on the other side of the break here on Locked On Panthers. Third and final segment here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got David Lasseter here of pantherparkway.com to discuss this 2 to nothing loss against the Tampa Bay Lightning where the Florida Panthers season is unfortunately coming to an end. So has come to an end, excuse me. So one, one thing that will probably be talked about this summer for the Panthers is cap. Majority of Keith Yandel's buyout is on the books next year. There's another team out in the Western Conference uh, in the Minnesota Wild who have a whole bunch of cap issues too <laughs> out there. So Panthers aren't the only one. And of course, that's going to take up the majority of the, uh, not a majority, a good portion of the books with the cap only rising a million. Bob is still on the books for 10. Barkov's new contract kicks in. Verhage's contract, new contract kicks in. There's going to be no and no first round picks for the next three years for the Panthers, even though if you're Bill Zito, I, I I still am in favor of the moves that he made. He made a bold move and and he it didn't pay off for the Panthers. It didn't get them the Stanley Cup, but you could appreciate the effort that Bill Zito made. Now it's all about regrouping, getting something back or freeing up some cap, maybe maybe someone that's maybe in the bottom uh, six or someone in the bottom pair defense uh, defense too, to clear some cap. I mean, just last season, the Panthers uh, got rid of the contract of Anton Stroman to make a little space too, along with the bio of Keith Yandel. And this is where player development is going to be extremely important for the Panthers. The Lightning, they've been trading picks for, for years. The Penguins have been trading picks for years. And they've still found a way to consistently make the playoffs. And the Panthers, you think of someone like Cole Schwitt, who had an amazing year in Charlotte. Alexi Hepaniemi, a great another another great year in Charlotte, as as well. Logan Hutzko, if he if he's able to stay healthy for the Panthers, he could make his way up for the Panthers as well. Player development is going to be a key for filling up those those. Uh, those places in the lineup where the Panthers are going to be in a little bit of a cap crunch next year. Yeah. And player development and smart cap moves are, has not been a Panther strong suit uh, in the past, although that's not Bill Zito's fault. He hasn't done anything to do that, uh, but he's going to really have to, uh, you know, hit, you know, hit, you know, hit the books and figure out a way to free up some kind of money some way. I don't know what that is. I'm not that smart. I'm not an NHL GM. Uh, they will, you know, they'll need some something from some of the younger players to come in and uh, and to play a role. And you know, a lot of the, you know the, the players added this year were veterans, and, and this was kind of a veteran-heavy team. I say veteran. I mean, not necessarily on their entry-level contract. Um, and. Th- you know they're, they're going to have to get better at the bottom of the draft, in the middle of the bottom of the draft. Um, it's too early to say what, what you know what Bill Zito's doing, uh, but in the past under you know, Dale Talon, under Tom Rowe, not a whole lot's come from rounds four through seven, especially under Talon. Talon, I think, hit hit mostly first and second rounders. Everything after that, not good. I think maybe Vincent Trocheck was a third or a fourth round pick. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's gone. So uh, 
it's it's going to you know a little bit from scouting, a little bit from uh, your cap guys, uh, your analytics guys, your you know your, your your eyes on player scouts to somehow figure it out because like you said it's it's a pretty tight crunch. Keith Yandel, you know that that money's gonna that money's gonna sting. I still think they had to do it, like you yes, said, I agree. Uh, had to do it uh, because they wouldn't have been in this position. I don't think if, if, if that were the case. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, and you somehow figure it out. You know, these guys that you know that are down in Charlotte, I know they're still playing, um, but they have to be maybe looking ahead. Hey, this is a big summer for me. This is a big summer for me. What am I going to do to make myself get, get you know so I can wear or so I can you know live in Fort Lauderdale or Boca instead of you know Charlotte or Pineville or whatever around uh, you know around there. Um, so it's a big off season, but you know, for the first time in a while, I think Panthers have a GM who could kind of uh, you know navigate through that and do it successfully. And you think about how more than two thirds of this roster from where this team was in 2020 in the COVID bubble after they lost to New York to turning it around. I know you lost some draft capital in the process of that, but true contenders aren't afraid to go for for it. And Bill Zito is definitely believes in this group. Even even if Ben Sherratt and Claude Drew, like you said, they 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 walk in uh, free agency. And this the, the the great thing about this, and I even said this at the beginning of the season, even before Game One against Pittsburgh. Um, in in uh, to start the season that if your name isn't Barkoff, Huberdo, even though he hasn't got a new contract yet, Ekblad or or Bob, you're not getting more than a four year deal on this Panthers team. Chances are that Huberdo's contract is going to match exactly what Alexander Barkoff's is, is at, at a ten million dollar cap hit. That's what I'm predicting now. I'm standing by that until until proven otherwise because i think they're you know even though they didn't perform in these playoffs i still think that those two are equally as important that your best passer versus your best goal scorer so i think it's going to be the same exact cap hit um when we're talking about when they could legally negotiate a contract starting july 1st and for ekblad he's on a team team-friendly deal at 7.5. Thank you, Dale Talon. That's one of the few things he did well. Um, and now, now you go Now you go from there. You, you got your core. Um, and people are going to ask the question, can you win with this core? And there's been many cores that have been, that have been questioned, including some of the ones that have been said in the comments of this video about the Tampa Bay Lightning before they won their cups, they questioned whether they could win with their core. Jameson Olive posted a tweet about <laughs> what comments were said about the Lightning after they got swept by Columbus. It's hard, it's it's easy, it's 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 hard to process that now. But this is going to this is still going to be a team that is going to be competitive year in and year out. They they have a like I said three to four years for the majority of players. So if you need to wheel and deal and create cap even more, I know players got to pay escrow back in the Arizona situation for the NHL doesn't help, 
but the the cap is slowly going to rise again for a few years and they're going to create some of that space for them to to hopefully get a few pieces under the 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 cap and right now their projected cap space is 3.9 uh heading into next season of course that could change as soon as a few months from now so but i believe in bill zito i i really do so um how about you to talk, to talk, do you believe in Bill Zito? Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's the first guy, uh, you know, as far back as I can remember that I said, okay, we're, we're, we're in good hands. Uh, going back to, you know, Keenan and, and Jacques Martin and, uh, uh, you know, I think Rick Dudley, I think he was the, the guy before the, uh, before the strike of, uh, or the lockout of 04. Um, I, no, I, I do believe in him. And it, you know, it's a question of adding the right pieces. I don't think you break up the core. Um, I agree. I think I, you know, I, you know, I, if you want to compare it to a situation recently, Tampa is pretty good, but also Washington. Remember, for years you couldn't Washington, Backstrom, and although Mike Green, although they eventually traded Mike Green, but John Carlson sort of became the new Mike Green. Oh, you can't win with these guys. They're not tough. They're not that. You had the right pieces around them, and all of a sudden, whatever their weaknesses are, and those guys don't have many because they're really good, but they're kind of masked because you've got already somebody out there willing to uh, to do those things that maybe you're not the, the best at, and you can focus on putting pucks in the net, uh, you know, or setting up guys in the case of back, putting setting up guys putting you know pucks in the net. Um, it's just a question of getting the right guys. I think they have a pretty good mix around them right now. It just didn't work out this year. And again, it would it would be I would feel a lot better if if I thought that this team just really gave everything in every game like they did tonight. And but that's something those guys have to think about. You know, if they're in this, you know, this summer wherever they're relaxing or vacation, they should sit like acid in their mouth to borrow a, a line from point break, like acid in their mouth. Uh, and they should be willing, you know, ready and thinking about what they need to get that taste out of their mouth. Because uh, they're good. I mean, this is, you know, you, you don't score that many goals, uh, you know, and win those many hockey games if you're not good. I know, yeah, the regular season is different from the playoffs, but they're still, this is still a damn good hockey team. Just have to figure out the next couple of moves to make to push them from playoff team to, you know, Eastern Conference final or Stanley Cup final team. Mm. At least the 26-year playoff drought is off their backs, and for, and even going into this, the the previous the previous offseason, we saw many Instagram videos of Jonathan Huberto back home in Quebec. Every single day, he was posting workout videos of himself, and he had his best season of his of his of his career. And Bob is one of the hardest working people in in the NHL as well. Barkov is more of the on the silent side when it comes to like how his preparation is, but I don't doubt that that I I I believe that Barkov trains um, a lot during the off season as well. There was a story about when Barkov was hurt that he was going to the Panthers practice uh, facility when he was hurt to help the team with breakfast. So that's so Barkov uh, Barkov is a is a good is a good leader for the, for this team. So I don't question that he he. I don't question his preparation. So really what it comes down, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to just going back to the lab and, and, and trying again, because this is hard. 
it's it's not easy to win. And the there there might have been not only a a experience hurdle when it comes to the Panthers, but it might have been all a mental hurdle at the same time for this team, knowing that the other team on the other side has won as much as they have and just trying to overthink um when it comes to making certain plays uh for 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 this cats team so really maybe maybe it's really i think step number one is trying to get over that mental hurdle yeah yeah and i i always recall jeff merrick telling the story about how he's talking about when the islanders and the Oilers Oilers played uh and edmonton lost to to the islanders and they walk past the the the, the uh, dressing room Everyone's sitting there quiet. They have bags on, you know, ice bags on their knees and this and that and the other. And they kind of said, that's, that's, that's what it takes. That's the kind of thing. You have that kind of effort to the point where you're just, you're white. Hopefully they'll learn that. And, you know, it sucks that they couldn't kind of learn it on the fly this year. Um, but, you know, that you, like you said, you go again. You know, you don't, you don't blow up everything because of this. A lot of good teams. Think about it if Washington had blown up their year. Yeah, they only won one cup. Only one cup. Only. Uh, <laughs> you know, God. Uh, you know, but it took people. No, you can't win with Ovi. You can't, you know, you can't do this, that. It's just a question of getting the right pieces around your core talent, your really, really, really good players. And then hope for a little luck. Hope you get on a roll. You know, you hope you hope to not have Vasilevsky at the other end of the ice. You know, that that certainly helps. You know, that's you just you, you, you keep cranking, you make a little adjustment. You, to give up on this core right now to me would be a mistake. It's you know, it's frustrating and some guys aren't what necessarily what we want them to be. Um, but that that's when your your GM comes in and says, I need to put the right complementary pieces around them. Yeah, and that that's what that's what the the Panthers gotta try to figure out. So, we'll we have a lot to talk about this offseason, That's for sure on what to do to get this Panthers team to the place that they want to go. But Dave, David, I want to thank you for coming on this episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a shame that your first appearance on the on the show during this era of Locked On Panthers comes in an elimination loss, but tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Uh, on Twitter, it's uh, right under my name there. In case you're watching, you're not listening, or you're not watching the video, it's at David Lasseter, D-A-V-I-D-L-A-S-S-E-T-E-R on Twitter. Um, pretty sure it's the same on Instagram, but Instagram is just pictures of my grandkids and guitars and records I have. Uh, so f- follow at your own risk. Uh, at David Lasseter, Twitter.com. Yep. And uh, and you'll see a lot of uh, Liverpool tweets as well, especially uh, next Saturday as they're in the Champions League final. That's what David and I have in common, uh, Liverpool fans here. So, so Panthers might have lost, but we got we, we got the Liverpool uh, playing sat- Saturday against Real Madrid. So number, uh, the Cup number seven coming up. <laughs> yep. Ho- hopefully. But David... Uh, Thank you once again for joining and hope to have you back on soon. Thank you. I hope to be back, especially under happier times. For sure. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to also subscribe 
to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark will be covering all the postseason activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener of the day. And for your second listener of the day, make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Host Flip Livingstone and Steel Road and help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sorry, Marwanda Velez with David Lasseter. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day.